Just walk in confidence of who you are in Christ and what he's called you to. Thank you for your time. Good morning, Living Hope, or good afternoon. It's a little later now. If you could, everybody look at your neighbor and tell them they look good. Say, you look good. Look at your other neighbor and say, you look good. Now look back at me and say, Aaron, you look good. I know it. Thank you, guys. I'm excited to be able to bring the word today. I'm Pastor David, thank you for the opportunity. We have a great pastor, we have a great staff, and I'm excited that he is willing to give up the pulpit to hear from somebody else. And, and today we're, we're going into week four of our Church on Mission sermon series. And in the first three weeks, we've had a great time. In the, a couple of weeks ago, we went over the 12 ingredients for Church on Mission from Acts 2. And then last week, we had the opportunity where we had a panel of people come up here and talk about their experiences with church and talk about some concerns they have and for you guys to ask questions. And it's just, if you want to hear about that, please go and listen online because it's so important in, in knowing how to be a part of our local church and what we're about here at Living Hope. But today, I'm, I'm going into part four and we'll be studying from Matthew chapter 14, verses 25 through 33. And as you guys turn there, just to catch you up, pretty much... Jesus is, and the disciples are about to go on a trip across the water, and Jesus is like, hey guys, y'all go ahead of me, I'm going to go to the top of the mountain, and I'm going to pray. So now the disciples are on a boat, they're in the midst of a storm, and things are starting to get a little worrisome for them, and here's we arrive at verse 25. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid, as if that's enough. You got some walking at you and he's just like, hey, it's me, no worries, guys. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied. I guess Peter has a, is different than the rest of us because he's like, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. So simple, like, just come. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me! Lord, save me! Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? I'd be like, Jesus, I, didn't, I was just walking on water. Now you're trying to call me out. And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those were, who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Today I want to come to you from the thought, damp, wet, or dripping. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for the opportunity to preach your word today. I pray that your Holy Spirit move in this time, God. I pray that each individual in this room walk out of here different than the way we walked in. God, we don't want to be the same anymore, Lord. We want to grow in you, and we want to go deeper with you than we ever have before, God. I pray it not be my words today, but your words, and let your will be done in this place. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So, Peter and the disciples are on a boat. Everybody say, I'm on a boat. Say it with some confidence. I'm on a boat. Y'all, 
y'all got to get a little more into this. And so they're on a boat, and the, all of a sudden, in a the distance, they're just sitting here chilling in a storm. They're starting to get a little worried, you know, because there's a storm. And out in the distance, they see something ghost-like coming at them. Could you imagine if you're just fishing on the lake one day, and all of a sudden you see something walking towards you? And it's like, humans don't walk on H2O. So this has to be a ghost. It's, and that's what would come to our mind, too. But then Jesus says, hey, guys, it's me. As if that would, that would be enough. Like, oh, yeah, it's me. I'd be like, Jesus, come on the boat. Give me a hug. Let me know it's you before I trust that. But anyway, Peter, Peter I guess, understood it was Jesus. And he goes, hey, yo, Jesus, if it's you, tell me to come. I love Peter. I do. Peter and me have a, I like Peter so much, we all identify with characters in the Bible, and some of us are very different than others, and that's what makes the body of Christ so great. But I identify with Peter, because Peter is the type of guy that he always going to be the first one to step up, first one to say something, the first one to do something, he's going to be the first one to fail, but he's going to be the first one to have the biggest success. Peter, Peter is courageous, man, he has this, this I don't know, something about him that just says, I'm going in. I'm going to do it. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going in. I'm going in. Because sometimes, one thing about Peter that we recognize, and I even recognize in myself, is your biggest strength can also be your biggest weakness. You see, Peter has this strength to be able to step out, to be able to go in the midst of adversity and say, here I am, Jesus. But Peter also sometimes, he wants to get ahead of Jesus. He wants to jump on too quickly. And I don't think this is one of those examples. I think Peter literally asked Jesus, and Jesus said, come. So Peter's next step is to obey. And I strongly believe, it doesn't say this in Scripture, but I strongly believe that as they're in the boat, and Peter's standing up, and he's like, hey, yo, Jesus, if it's you, I'm coming. And Jesus says, come. I'm sure the other disciples are like, hey, Peter, man, let, let him get a little closer. Let's make sure it's Jesus. Like, this is weird, dude. Like, this is weird. And Peter, and, and so behind him, they're, they're pro, and the reason I say that is because if they truly believed it was Jesus and there was no doubt in them, they would have been stepping out with Peter. But instead, they're in the boat completely dry, looking at Peter like, oh man, this dude's about to do something stupid. How many times, though, in our church body does somebody say, I'm going to take a step of faith? How many times does somebody say, man, God told me to do something, I'm going to go do it? In our instant reaction, instead of saying, hey, let's go, bro, we're going together, our instant reaction is to be sitting in the boat and say, are you sure about that? Like, are you sure? You sure it's God? Maybe we need to pray about it a hundred more times and never actually do anything, just pray about it. No, are you sure? And we have this discouragement about us that, that we don't encourage each other. And I think it's so easy for us to look at someone else as they're about to step out and then look at our own circumstances, look at our own story. Like, well, 10 years ago, I tried that same thing and it didn't work 10 years ago. 15 years ago, man, I stepped out of the boat and trust me, brother, I sunk. You don't need to do it. Hey, I tried to start that ministry and it didn't work. Mm-mm. And we get this, we, we, we come from our own perspective and we're like, oh, no, 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 don't do it. As if God, 
We can't tell somebody what God's calling them to do. If the Lord spoke to them, they spoke to them, and it's time for us to step beside them and encourage them. Now, could we give them some guidelines? Could we help them out? Could we walk beside them? Yes, we all need that. Iron sharpens iron. But we need to quit being discouraging and start encouraging. We need to stop We need to stop sitting in a boat and be like, oh man, Peter's about to look stupid. And instead, we need to get up with Peter and say, hey, I'm coming with you. I don't know why you're going, but I'm coming. I don't get it, but here I am. Sometimes we just got to step out together. Because when God calls us to step out, he'll take care of the rest. He's never going to call you to step out and just leave you hanging. If you stepped out and got left hanging, he didn't call you. You was trying to go on ahead of him. Say, hey, I'm gone. And you sink very quickly because it wasn't God. But when God's in it, he will always prepare the way. And he has always got you. And he will always support you. So why as a church do we have to be so negative and discouraging when we serve a God that is so much bigger than anything we've ever done? And when we step in him, he will always come through. He will always come through. So stop discouraging people from stepping out of the boat. Could you imagine where the church would be if we encouraged instead of discouraged? If we stepped out together in faith? If instead of sitting back and saying, oh man, I tried that before. Or oh no, humans don't walk on H2O. You probably shouldn't go. H2O means water, by the way. You know, instead I said, hey, Christian, Christian heard from the Lord. I believe he did. So I'm going with him. I'm going to encourage him. I'm going to do what I can to support him. I'm going to do what I can to help him. Could you imagine where we would be? We'd be in a completely different place. And so now Peter is on the edge of the boat. I'm sure the disciples are looking at him like he's crazy. And he says, I'm going in. I'm going in. Say, I'm going in one more time. And he begins to walk on water. And it's like, all of a sudden, Peter is walking towards Jesus, and he has Jesus, God in human form, in front of him. And Peter is walking towards him, but then all of a sudden it clicks. Oh, junk, humans don't walk on H2O. And he sinks. He begins to look at the circumstances around him. And when we take our eyes off of Jesus and we put them on the circumstances, we're always going to fail. And so what was Peter's response? Peter goes, help me, Jesus. Save me, Jesus. He cries out. Cries out like a little girl. Uh, No, that's too offensive. He just cries out. And what does Jesus do? He helps him. Because when you ask Jesus for help, he will always come through. It might not look like you expected it to. It might be completely different than you might think it would have been, but he will always come through. But some of us, we begin to sink, and we get this idea, instead of asking for help, we're going to swim back to the boat. Oh no, Jesus, I see you, but brother, I'm the one that sunk, so I'm going to swim my way back, as if we can fix ourselves, as if we can do it on our own. It's time for us to to just, in those times where we begin to sink, in those times where we begin to become discouraged and a little afraid, 
Ask for help. Jesus, help me. Help me. Come through for me, Jesus. And he always will. And so now Peter had just sunk. And Jesus says, hey, Peter, why'd you doubt me? If I'm Peter, I would have been like, hey, dude, I walked out on water. What are you talking about? I'm the only one that stepped out. All these dudes are dry in the boat. I'm out here soaking wet with you. But no, Peter didn't even respond. It, it, and this is when it gets really weird to me. I mean, it just gets weird. So they get back to the boat. And, I, and when I read scripture, I don't know about you guys, when I'm reading a story, I like to kind of look ahead like, what's, what's going to happen here? And a lot of times it's from my own experiences that I start speaking from or I start thinking is going to happen. And so in my idea, we'll read a little bit like this. Peter gets back in the boat, soaking wet, wet to the bone. He sits down on the end of it and begins to pout. And ever the disciples start to gather around Peter and throw a towel on him, start trying to dry him off. Like, hey, Peter, man, I've been there, dude. I mean, I've sunk before, too. Hey, let's dry you off. We don't have any dry clothes, but when we get to land, man, we'll get you some dry clothes. Um, uh, man, that was awkward. You did, you was walking, but then you sunk. Like, that was weird, but hey, man, it's all good. We've all been there, and we, st- we begin to dry. Hey, hold on, Jesus. Hold on, Jesus. No, no. Well, we got to deal with Peter right now, you know? Peter, just they all sulking together. Hey, Peter, man, uh, dude, I don't even know what to say. Sucks to be you, but hey. <laughs> but that's not at all what happened. It says they got back in the boat, and they begin to worship. They begin to worship Jesus. Stop pouting and start worshiping. Stop sitting on the edge of the boat whining about what happened and and give it all to Jesus. He's right there waiting for your response. And a lot of times we'll be like, oh, no, Jesus, hold on a second. We got to take care of this. Hey, no, Jesus, wait a second. Let's let's make sure we dry them off. Let's make sure that everything's all good before we then we'll worship you. And. Peter himself soaking wet. Is worshiping. His response to his failure wasn't to pout, it was to worship. And, and then in the next scripture, it says that they ended up on land. Now it's time to minister. It's time to minister to people. They're now going to facilitate lines of people to touch the garments of Jesus so they can be healed. Now Jesus, now the disciples are going to go out and they're going to tell people about the great news of Jesus. As they were, you know, they just got off the boat. Peter, soaking wet, is worshiping. The disciples, all of them are worshiping Jesus. You're so great, Jesus. You're awesome, Jesus. You are the Son of God. And they're just sending, sending praises to him. And now they're on land. And my question to you is, was Peter even dry yet? The man had just sunk. They was on the boat. And Peter is worshiping wet. Now he's ministering the gospel wet. And his response was just to be with Jesus. Was just to hang out with Jesus. What we do a lot of times in the church, though, is we, we don't do wet people. You know? We want them dry. We want everybody to be dry. 
You know, we, we come, when they come into the church, it's, it's fine. We, we'll invite all. But when they come in, we're, we're going um, to get a towel. We're going to dry them off. Hopefully nobody knows that they just stunk. As if we all don't sink. As if we all don't fail. And the truth is, if you've never sunk and you stay dry, you've probably never stepped out of the boat, and that's a different story. And, and we just and we have this, you know, this this wet section where it's like, oh man, come to come come to the back left corner. I'm not calling you guys out. I love you. I'm just using this as an example. And we're like, you know, and we'll dry you off. But let's not try to let anybody know that you just failed. Let's not let anybody know because we do dry people around here. My goodness, if, if the preacher's a little bit damp. Oh, man, if the preacher's damp, we need to get a hair dryer. We need to dry them off. Or you can't preach. My goodness, if we have a wet worship leader that just sunk. Can I tell you something? I'd rather have a, a damp pastor, a damp, wet, or dripping pastor than a dry one. You want to know why? Because then I know I have a pastor that steps out. I know I have a pastor that is willing to go to Jesus. And even in his failures, he's still willing to preach the word. He's still willing to worship him. His response is worship. And if we're all dry, then we're not, we're not growing. We're not learning because failure is what, sometimes failure is what grows you. And I can guarantee you, you sinking will be, will be a story to tell somebody else that could possibly save their lives. But if you stay in that corner of the boat, pouting around, then you're going to miss it. So how long are you going to sit around and wait to dry off? How long are you going to sit around and wait to dry off? How long are you going to stay in condemnation and guilt? How long? How long are you going to sit in the edge of the boat and be like, oh, man. Oh, boy. That really stunk. I, I sunk. Uh, you know what, Jesus? I, I'll talk to you later, but right now i got to take care of me. How long? We don't serve a God that wants to make us feel guilty. So that's from the enemy. And the enemy was defeated 2,000 years ago on the cross. So why do we sit around and wait to dry off? Look, look. God has a purpose for each and every one of us. He created you with a purpose for a purpose. And in order for us, as the body of Christ, to be able to function in its, the best way possible, each and every person has to step out. And each and every person is eventually going to sink. And each and every person is going to have to serve damp, wet, or dripping. If all of us do go after the potential God has in us and say, I, no matter what, God, even if I sink, I'm worshiping you. Here I am, God. Use me. Use me, God. If we would do that as the body of Christ, Living Hope Church would be unstoppable. Athens would be reached so quickly because each of us would be operating in the gifts he's given us. And we're all different parts of the body. And so we're all needed. So it leads me to the question, how long are you going to wait to dry off? How long? Because I believe that we all have a purpose. And so now, 
And so I truly believe that Peter understood something we don't, though. I really do. I think that Peter is an external example of someone that steps out in faith. I think Peter shows us an example of, a, of, a, of someone in human form stepping out, sinking, then, as we all do, but then I think Peter shows us the response that is needed. And I think it's so easy for us to get back in this boat on the end of the boat and just be like, oh man. But Peter shows, what does Peter do? He worships. He worships. Because Peter understood something and we don't. And I believe that Peter understood there's an internal battle going on inside of us. There is there's spiritual warfare warring in us. And so we're about to turn to Zechariah chapter 3. We're going to start at verse 1 if you want to open up your text to that. When you get there, say, I'm here. I'm here and say, go dogs. So starting at verse 1. Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. And Satan standing at his right side to accuse him. The Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is not this man a burning stick? Snatched from the fire. Now Joshua was dressed in filthy clothes as he stood before the angel. The angel said to those who were standing before him, take off his filthy clothes. Then he said to Joshua, see I've taken away your sin and I'll put fine garments on you. Then I said, put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head and clothed him while the angel of the Lord stood by. There is a constant spiritual battle and the angel of the Lord is fighting for you. So internally, this is what's going on. It's almost like Joshua, it says, in the, it says here, Joshua has the, the enemy to the right, and he's standing before the angel. But the enemy to his right is, is just telling him everything he's done wrong. You know, he's like, hey man, you remember when you did that? Hey, you remember that addiction? Hey, you fell back into it last week. I know you did. Don't try to fool, don't try to fool the angel. Don't try to fool Jesus. And this is constantly going on. And the way I imagine it is like this. It would be like if I had just completely white clothes on. And in Sharpie, I, I wrote every single thing I've ever done wrong on myself. Everything that I've done wrong. Because the filthiness of his garments represented the sin, it represented trials, represented things that, things that had happened in his life. And so the enemy is over here saying, hey, he's reminding him of the filth. And just imagine yourself in these white garments, well, in Sharpie, everything you've ever done is written on you. And the enemy to his right is reminding constantly, hey, you did this. Hey, I, you know, you, I remember you had that addiction. Oh, you, you thought you broke that porn addiction, but, but it come back. And he's just constantly beating us down, saying, you stepped out in the water, but remember when you sunk? 
you know, you, you reached out to that person, but you remember that relationship, it went, it went sideways. Uh, and the enemy is just sitting there reminding him constantly of what he's done wrong. And I'm sure Joshua was just sitting there looking down at himself like, he's right. Like, I have done this. And I think this is where we get caught up a lot of times. Just like Peter's response that I thought it would be was to be on the edge of the boat, pouting. You know, in the same way right here, I feel like our response is like, he's right. And we start to think about all the things we've done. But then something interesting happens. The angel of the Lord steps in. And he goes, this is mine. This is mine. And you have no place. This right here, Joshua, is mine. And he defends him in the midst of his filthiness. He, he stands before him in the midst of his filthiness and says, Hey, Joshua, let me flee from Joshua because he's mine. And every single time you're in a battle, every single time you're going through something, and the enemy's to your right trying to remind you of all the things you've done wrong, the angel of the Lord is standing before you and saying, You're mine. He's mine. And he's rebuking the enemy in the name of Jesus and saying, And he wants you to move forward. And then it gets... And it's so interesting because what he does in the midst of his filthiness, the angel of the Lord starts to hand him over fresh, clean garments. In the midst of it all, we have this idea that we got to take some white out. We got to white out those sins one by one. Oh man, I got I got to fix I got to fix this. Oh, hang on a second, Jesus. Let me, let me fix myself. And we begin to white out things one by one. And what we don't realize is as we, we white out one of them, then we start working on another one, then something else pops up. And then, and then all of a sudden, the one that we thought we whited out all of a sudden is visible again. Because if you're trying to do it on your own and you're trying to fix yourself, it's never going to work. It's not until you hand it over to Jesus and say, here I am, take it all. I'm going to accept the garments. So many times we sit there and, and, and we're getting handed these clean, fresh garments and we refuse to take them. Hold on. Let me fix myself. Let me fix myself. Let me fix myself. Stop trying to white out your sins and accept the garments. Stop trying to fix yourself. Give it to God. Now, now, I want you guys to know, I'm not saying that, you know, there's not time to work through things. I'm not saying that, that we don't, there's not a healing process. Because if we don't go through the healing process, then, then uh, it's going to end up popping back up. But what we have to understand is, Jesus is the healing process. Sometimes it does take steps. Maybe, you're, maybe you stepping out of the boat is getting counseling about something that happened to you a long time ago. Maybe you stepping out of the boat is for you to, to lead your family, man. Because you don't need to be doing anything here if you can't lead your family, so start there. Maybe stepping out of the boat is starting to serve in the church. Maybe stepping out of the boat is to, is to preach the word of God. It's all different for different walks of life. It doesn't look the same. But one thing I can tell you is that in every example, if you sit here and try to fix yourself and white them out and don't accept the garments, you're going to fail every time. 
It's a whole new way of living. It really is. Because when you want to live a life of holiness, when you start to grab on that, that Jesus is constantly there and refreshing, you just say, I'm going to worship you. My response is worship. My response is to be with Jesus. It gives you a whole new view. Because now you're walking in his grace and you're walking in his love. And, you're walk- and it doesn't mean that there's not, that. yes, you do need to follow the rules and regulations. But when your eyes on Jesus, he takes care of the rest. And every now and then it's going to veer off. We're going to have to get back on. But the response is worship. Holiness without, holiness without understanding grace is just going to defeat you. Because you're going to be trying to do everything on your own. You're going to be trying to fix everything. You're going to be trying to white out everything. You're going to make, you're going to make sure, oh, I got to dry off before I do anything. I got to dry off. So I think that if we could get someone up here for, for, from the worship team, I think that a lot of times we're in this boat. And I believe that sometimes... We, we just sit in this boat and there's an internal battle going on as we've already said. You know, the, the enemy is wanting to remind us of all the things we're wrong. So a lot of times, us on the edge of the boat, after we just sunk, after we stepped out and we did something, we sunk and Jesus is on the other side, but a lot of times it's like, hold up, Jesus. And, and we just sit on the edge of the boat and, and we're looking at the very things that have held us back. We, and we look on forgiveness, and we start to think about the times that we haven't forgiven correctly, the hurt inside of us, the fact that we can't seem to let go. Laziness. If the Lord has called you to step out and you don't step out, you're not doing what God has called you to do. And we have lust. Pornography. And these things that the enemy put in our put in our path just to destroy us. And we sit there and like, man, I looked at that image. I did this. And no, you need to stop looking at it. And you need to set up the proper accountability. You do. That's all taking steps to, to steps to saying, I'm stepping out, Jesus. That's part of the process. But we sit here and we just look at it. Another sign. Racism. A lot of us have racism in our hearts and we don't even realize it because we're blinded by it. Racist people don't normally realize they're racist. Some of them do. And we start to judge people because of the color of their skin. And maybe, and maybe you've gotten past it and that's awesome, but it's still sitting here in the boat. Because after you sink, anything you've struggled with comes back up. That's how the enemy works. He wants to keep jabbing you and jabbing you. And it will have nothing to do with your circumstances. He just wants to bring up other stuff. We have adultery. And adultery, it's, it's here too. If you think a lustful thought, you've committed adultery according to Scripture. When you look at those images, you've committed adultery. 
in anything you put in your mind, if you're not married yet, anything you put in your mind or anything you do before marriage will come into that marriage and you're going to have to take care of it. So be very careful what you let in. Or maybe you are in a marriage and maybe you have, maybe you have cheated on your spouse. There is a reconciliation process and you need to walk through that. But you can't spend the rest of your marriage focused on the fact that you screwed up or you'll end up failing again. Well, we sit there and we're like, oh man, I remember that time I did that. Hatred, bitterness. So easy to, so easy to become bitter. It is. We sit there and we just, it grows in us. Bitterness will destroy you. It's like a poison and it will poison everyone around you as well. And if you don't cut it at the root, then you're, you're just going to keep being bitter. But we sit there and maybe you've even gotten over it, but you just sunk. And the enemy again. Hey, remember? Remember that? Selfishness. All the times we put ourselves before other people, we put ourselves before God. Just another one in the boat. Gluttony. Gossip. Come on now. We're trying to point them all out. Some of us, are, some of us are, in, are committing gluttony time and time again, and we don't even realize it. And maybe you did struggle with that. Maybe you've walked away, but man, the enemy wants to remind you again. Gossip. Oh, man, gossip is so easy to fall into. Hey, I've done it. Hey, I'm up here preaching wet. I've sunk, but I know I serve a God that picks me up every time. Gossip. And we begin to just spread little things, aggravate, and then all of a sudden it turns into this big thing. And a lot of us gossip and don't even realize we're gossiping. We've got to cut it out. And we sit here and we just look at all of this and we're like, man, I'm, I'm done. Like, I've missed it. I'm all wet, all these things. I'm, I'm damp wet, I'm dripping. It doesn't matter where you're at on the stages, but you're, you're staring at it as if, you can fix it, and you're like trying to, one by one, like throw it out of the boat. But for some reason, the wind keeps picking up and brings it back in. But then, when we stop looking around and pouting in the corner, all this is washed away, and the response is worshiping Jesus with a clean slate accepting the fresh garments and saying, here I am, Jesus. I refuse to sit around and feel sorry about the things I've done. Instead, I'm going to respond in worship and I'm going to let you take care of the rest. So how long are you going to wait before you step out? A righteous man falls seven times and he gets up seven times. A righteous man falls down seven times but gets up seven times. Because the response of a righteous man is worship. A response of a righteous man that is grounded in Scripture, grounded in Jesus, is worship. Where are you today? 
Are you sitting at the edge of the boat? Staring at all the things you've done wrong? Man, I've been there. Looked at my failures. Sat there and thought about everything I've done and just pouted. Then I realized it was selfish of me to think and prideful of me to think that I could fix it on my own. That I could throw them out on my own. Because, you know, it, it says in Scripture, when they're in the boat and they get in the boat with Jesus, the wind ceases. But whenever you don't allow Jesus to be in the boat, he controls the elements. So the wind will continue. So every time you try to throw it out on your own, it just blows back in. Oh, man, got to deal with this again. I thought I beat it. I thought I, I thought I got past it. And we spend so long trying to do it on our own. So where are you at today? And some of us could just be sitting in the boat judging everybody around us, being a discourager to people. Oh, well, I'm dried off. Well, cool, bro. Well, you had not done anything. Some of us stepped out like Peter, and we failed. Maybe you stepped out 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Some of you may be longer, and you remember that failure. And you've just been at the, you've been dripping at the edge of the boat so long, filled with guilt and condemnation that is from the devil. Maybe some of us, we sunk last week or we sunk yesterday. It's not about sinking, it's about your response. We're all going to sink. How are you responding? Are you trying to white out all your sins on your own? Or is your response worship? Hey, I know this is, this is a hard word. But I truly believe this was the word God had for Living Hope today. I don't sit up here and preach at you, I preach with you. Because at times I've been damp, I've been wet, I've been dripping, I've been all of them. But I'm never going to stop serving God. I'm never going to stop surrendering my life to Jesus. I'm never going to sit in the corner and keep on pouting about everything I've done wrong. Quite frankly, I'm tired of hearing about everything that's been done wrong. It's time to move forward in Christ Jesus and say, I am with you and I'm going to step with you and I'm going to go where you go, Jesus. How long are you going to wait? If everyone could just bow their head and close their eyes today. Lord Jesus, thank you for showing up. Your Holy Spirit is stirring something right now so thick that I can't even explain, but I feel it so strongly. And I pray whatever direction this goes, that you move in a way that we don't understand. 
I pray that if some of us have things deep down that we've been dealing with for years and we've just sat on the edge of Lord, I pray it be removed in the name of Jesus. So our response will be to worship you and we'll take the clean garments and we'll move forward in it, God. That we won't stay stuck in the past, but we'll move forward to what's ahead. Holy Spirit, speak to each individual right now exactly where they're at. Everybody, I'm going to pray everybody just look at me really quickly. Ephesians 2.10 says, you are a masterpiece, created anew in Christ Jesus for the plans I had for you long ago. From the beginning, God had a plan for you. He had a purpose for you. He didn't miss you. He didn't look at Pastor David and said, oh, man, I messed that one up. Let's start over. No, there's not a single person that is not a masterpiece in the eyes of Jesus. And we spend so much time looking at ourselves from our own perspective which is always skewed. And we spend so much time listening to what others have to say. A masterpiece isn't pretty to everybody. But it's pretty to the creator. And he's got something for you. So here in the next few moments, this is what I'm going to ask you. This is what, if our staff is in the room, can our staff that's in the room just come up to the front? Even if you're a volunteer leader and, you, and you're over in ministry, could we come up to the front? I'm going to tell you right now, we as a staff have all sunk. And the reason I call the staff up here is because I think it's so important to understand that we've all been through this and we're all going through this and our response every time needs to be to worship. Sometimes we fall short. And so as a staff, we're going to stand up here in front of everybody and we're going to worship Jesus. And what I want in the next few moments is I want each individual that feels led to come kneel at the altar, to come worship at the altar, to come and give it up to Jesus. Because no matter where you're at today, the response is worship. The response is praise. So as we worship him today, leave it all to him and let him give you the fresh garments, the pure calling he has for you. And I believe today, some of you are going to walk out of here with a renewing and a refreshing that you've never had before. And a calling upon your life that is going to completely change everybody around you. Do not miss it. So feel free in the next few moments to step to this altar. But can everybody please stand and worship, even if you don't want to come to the altar? Because the response is worship.